Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is London. London calling in the home, overseas, and European services of the BBC and through United Nations Radio Mediterranean. And this is John Snag speaking. Supreme Headquarters, Allied Expeditionary Force, have just issued communique number one, and in a few seconds I will read it to you. Under the command of General Eisenhower, Allied naval forces, supported by strong air forces, began landing Allied armies this morning on the northern coast of France. I'll repeat that communique. Communique number one. Under the command of General Eisenhower, Allied naval forces, supported by strong air forces, began landing Allied armies this morning on the northern coast of France. I'm lying down at full length here in the cornfield. Just in the hedges around me, I can see many men taking shelter behind the banks wearing their steel helmets while this terrific barrage goes on around us. To reach the palisade, I joined a column who were waiting across a slough. The water came nearly to their armpits, and they had to hold their rifles and equipment over their heads. The water was rather warm, but the bottom was a slimy mess. When a man got to the far side of the slough, he would always stop in a maddening way, holding the, holding the rest of us up. We shouted angrily, but when we got there, each one of us stopped too. The reeds on the far bank were loaded with mines. One man lay at the top of the bank, dead. The mines had been marked with bits of paper, and soldiers at the top advised just how to climb so as not to venture into dangerous ground. There were more dead men along the narrow path which led up the palisade. Suddenly a voice said, Watch yourself, fellow, that's a mine. A soldier sprawled on the bank, was speaking. He had one foot half blown off. He'd stepped on a mine a short time earlier. Now, while he waited for litter bearers, he was warning other soldiers about other mines in that vicinity. I took a last look at the greatest armada in history before going on the flat. It was, it was too immense to describe. Those are the sounds 78 years ago today. D-Day. The Allied invasion of Europe began 78 years ago. Every year I try to play these bits of audio for perspective as we move further and further away from that day where so many men gave their lives storming ashore 
and climbing cliffs to liberate a continent and set a people free. And the horrors that would unfold over the next year as they found more and more devastation, the concentration camps, and more. But on that day, this day, 78 years ago, these men did something that men since have not been asked to do. On the 40th anniversary of D-Day, one of the most famous speeches about D-Day ever given by this guy. We're here to mark that day in history when the Allied armies joined in battle to reclaim this continent to liberty. For four long years, much of Europe had been under a terrible shadow. Free nations had fallen. Jews cried out in the camps. Millions cried out for liberation. Europe was enslaved and the world prayed for its rescue. Here in Normandy, the rescue began. Here, the Allies stood and fought against tyranny in a giant undertaking unparalleled in human history. We stand on a lonely, windswept point on the northern shore of France. The air is soft, but 40 years ago at this moment, the air was dense with smoke and the cries of men, and the air was filled with the crack of rifle fire and the roar of cannon. At dawn on the morning of the 6th of June, 1944, 225 rangers jumped off the British landing craft and ran to the bottom of these cliffs. Their mission was one of the most difficult and daring of the invasion, to climb these sheer and desolate cliffs and take out the enemy guns. The Allies had been told that some of the mightiest of these guns were here, and they would be trained on the beaches to stop the Allied advance. The rangers looked up and saw the enemy soldiers, the edge of the cliffs, shooting down at them with machine guns and throwing grenades. And the American rangers began to climb. They shot rope ladders over the face of these cliffs and began to pull themselves up. When one ranger fell, another would take his place. When one rope was cut, a ranger would grab another and begin his climb again. They climbed, shot back, and held their footing. Soon, one by one, the rangers pulled themselves over the top, and in seizing the firm land at the top of these cliffs, they began to seize back the continent of Europe. 225 came here. After two days of fighting, only 90 could still bear arms. And behind me is a memorial that symbolizes the ranger daggers that were thrust into the top of these cliffs. And before me are the men who put them there. These are the boys of Puente Hope. These are the men who took the cliffs. These are the champions who helped free a continent. And these are the heroes who helped end a war. That was Ronald Reagan. 1984, in the midst of his re-election battle against Walter Mondale, uh, the whole world paused for that 40th anniversary. Uh, the whole world paused there and, and went to uh, the beaches of Normandy and to Pointe Ho, where the rangers climbed up those cliffs to stop those guns. If you've never been there, it is awe-inspiring. It is immense. And if you go to the cemeteries, you will see uh, the crosses and the stars of David. 
and you will see the names of the American soldiers. And they have this goldish black text carved inside the white crosses. And what actually happens is for Memorial Day, French volunteers go to the American cemeteries and they take buckets of sand from the beaches of Normandy and they rub them into the crosses. And that sand is what then colors the letters of the names of the dead. We are in profoundly unserious times and there's danger swirling all around us. The Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, here at home, the the collapsing Mexican state beneath us, there's a massive migrant caravan now walking north to the American border to overwhelm it. And here at home, instead of storming beaches to set men free, the left are storming cultural institutions to fight a war on pronouns. These are profoundly unserious times. But Americans have risen to the occasion so many times in history, so often in history. The boys who became men 78 years ago today, storming the beaches of Normandy, they huddled on boats, the H-boats. Some of them stopped offshore too far with their backpacks on and their gear, stormed off the boats and sank to their deaths. Some were able to get out of their backpacks and gear to get ashore and be shot in the head. And still others continued to move, continued to advance, continued to fight, continued to proceed onto the shore and the sand to storm a continent, to fight evil, to win a war, to set a people free, to return home, to start families, build lives, build American corporations, build American small businesses, and become the greatest generation. It was a remarkable turn of events. It was a remarkable time in history. When the United States, which had tried to stay out of the war, wound up going into the war, wound up taking the side of the Allied powers. This is London. Hit the wrong button. My apologies. And that was the first announcement uh, released by the BBC before released by American Wire Services, picked up thereafter. Uh, a remarkable, this is some of the sound from the beach that day. Alan Melville, one of the reporters, embedded. This is Alan Melville, dispatch 13, 2100 hours, 6th of June, from the beach west of Wistraham. The paratroops are landing. They're landing all around me as I speak. They've come in from the sea and they're fluttering down, red, white, and blue parachutes fluttering down, and they're just about the best thing that we've seen for a good many hours. 
They're showering in. There's no other word for it. Pouring in in threes and fours, and they're fluttering down in perfect formation, just the way we've seen it on the on the newsreels, the way we've seen it done in exercises. And here they're doing it, the real thing. And believe me, they haven't come any too late. They're be a very unpleasant surprise to the enemy who's fighting. I can still see the signs of a typical panzer battle. You can hear the aircraft roaring over me, I expect, as I speak. I can still see the signs of a typical panzer battle being raised on the slightly high ground just about three or four miles ahead of me. And these paratroops are coming down between where I'm speaking, which is just above the sand dunes. Down they come. They're being um, attacked pretty, pretty harshly, as you'll hear, but they're landing in great force between the sand dunes, between the beach area and the battle. A lot of them died in the air as they were falling out of the sky in their parachutes. Their bodies hit the ground, already gone to heaven. But they did it. And they did it in a huge way. If you know General Patton, Hitler was convinced that Patton would be the one to lead D-Day. So they kept Patton in Britain planning an expeditionary force, and they leaked. They allowed it to be leaked where Patton was going to storm the beaches. And a lot of the Nazi forces wound up going there. It was a great surprise when they came storming ashore in Normandy, not where they were expected by the Nazis. They had fortifications there, but not nearly as many as they did. And it was a rousing success. By the end of the day, the beach had been secured within months Paris taken, France liberated, the Nazis on the move, and within a year, Hitler dead. They don't make them like that anymore, at least that's what we say, except we haven't had the need to rise to the occasion. And I do wonder if we're capable. There's a great pessimism in the country now. Could we rise to this occasion again? Could we rise to something like this? I always think don't bet against the American public. We can fight the way we fight now. We can decide that that each of us is the other's enemy instead of neighbor because we're in unserious times. Serious times are coming again. And I suspect we'll meet the occasion. Maybe not in the way that you or I first suspect, but I think we will. We always have. I think we will. There's something about us, this people, this nation, that dazzles and surprises. We give up hope. We despair. We think we never could. And you know, by the way, this time in World War II, people were saying the same things, that World War I had come and gone, and we weren't as fully invested in it as Europe was. And people said, ah, there's, there's no way we could do something like that. There's no way Americans could engage like the Europeans engaged. And yet we did in World War II. We go through these periods of self-doubt. And then the moment arrives, and we arise. 78 years ago today, Boys who had dreams, who wanted to start families, who just wanted to live their American dream, instead stormed into hell so that all of us could have a better future. And it's worth pausing and remembering that anniversary now. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing 
And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it. And I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA Sipic. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Gosh, it's good to be back with you guys. Okay, uh, we got to get back to the news and politics. Collinford Mattis and Uroj Rahman. They were accused of throwing a Molotov cocktail into a police car in New York City. They were facing domestic terrorism charges and 30 years in jail, according to Jonathan Turley. But Merrick Garland, the attorney general, has agreed to a plea agreement that will only result in a couple of years of jail time and reduces their earlier plea agreement from a more serious offense. The plea deal by the Justice Department is a breathtaking reduction in the charges and expected sentencing of the two lawyers. Now, earlier, um, Judge Margot Brody upheld a $250,000 bail determination uh, by a U.S. magistrate judge. Prosecutors presented evidence the two attorneys were trying to distribute Molotov cocktails and suggested that uh, Mattis didn't appear rational. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit reversed Judge Brody, and two attorneys were sent back to jail. Uh, and uh, Rahman's bail was paid for by a friend and a fellow lawyer who served in the Defense and State Departments of the Obama administration. They pleaded guilty to one count of possessing and making an explosive device, which carries a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison. But there was evidence they had a car full of Molotov cocktails they were trying to pass out to rioters after the George Floyd riots. They firebombed a police car. And uh, Merrick Garland and the Justice Department have reduced them to a mere slap on the wrist. They will be permanently disbarred, however. They were targeting police officers. Now, this is a problem. There is a crime problem the Democrats are going to have to deal with. And, and I want to talk about that crime problem when we come back because there's a series of stories, including a, a rising politician, Rick Caruso, whose name you need to know, a, a fascinating story. 
out of California, this guy. Before we get there, though, I got I to gotta turn closer to home here and talk about a story in my backyard, which is making national headlines. So uh, last year, very predictably, uh, the governor of Georgia, Stacey Abrams, had uh, one of her political groups start paying the medical bills of people in Georgia, Alabama, and a couple of other states. Uh, 86,000 Georgians got their medical bills paid for by Stacey Abrams' political group. Democrats were praising her. Republicans were like, well, that's smart politics. Surely she's going to use it in an ad. Sure enough, Stacey Abrams turned it into a campaign ad. It's featured prominently on her website. She paid the medical bills of 86,000 Georgians who couldn't afford medicine. Now we need Obamacare in Georgia. Smart politics. Well, the Republicans have turned the tables. They're giving $25 gas vouchers to people in a Democratic part of the city of Atlanta, highlighting how Raphael Warnock, the most endangered member of the U.S. Senate, has done nothing except go along with environmental extremists who want to raise gas prices. And the Democrats are spitting mad. They're screaming things like, they can't pass out water at the ballot box, but you're allowed to pay for gas. This is bribery. They were perfectly fine with Stacey Abrams paying people's medical bills. But God help you if you want to pay for a poor person's gas. They're screaming about the Republicans. They've got lawyers involved. The GOP, by the way, they're on safe ground. Uh, They're not making it in condition to register to vote or for ballot access or the like. They're just giving people gas vouchers. And the Democrats are furious about it. They're squealing like stuck pigs. That's kind of what they are. They're toast in November because of this stuff. Raphael Warnock included. And their screaming shows it. Confession. I love you guys, and I'm so glad. I Look, I loved vacation. I loved my family. I had a great time on vacation. We really enjoyed it. Uh, we actually enjoyed each other's company. We, we want to go back out of town at some point soon um, and uh, just hang out again together. We, we had a lot of fun, and I love you guys, and I love my job, but it's June 6th, 2022. Which means it's WWDC. It's the Apple Developer Conference. And, I mean, they're doing the keynote right now. And I'm trying to entertain you guys while also, out of the corner of my eye, watching the goodness unveiled in Cupertino. And it's very hard to multitask. I mean, my goodness gracious, they got a new MacBook Air coming out, y'all, with the, the M2 chip. Today, they're unveiling the M2. None of you care about this, but I care greatly. And because it's my show, I I feel obligated to point this out. (laughs) All right. Before Charlie sends me an angry email. (laughs) Okay. We got to talk about crime. The Democrats have a crime problem. Uh, it, it actually is a, a real problem for the Democrats in ways you may not be able to anticipate. Uh, believe it or not, this is the headline uh, from the New York Times. Democrats face pressure on crime from a new front, their base. Now, God bless Alexander Burns. He's gone to Baltimore A crowd of several hundred voters listened closely as Wes Moore, a Democratic candidate for governor of Maryland, unspooled a soaring 
preoration about bringing a spirit of unity to state government. Introduced by a sparkling drumline and a row of local dignitaries on a bright and windy Saturday, Moore promised to deliver a better quality of life for East Baltimore on issues from education to personal safety. Listening from across a small park was Teresa Armwood, a resident of the neighborhood. Armwood, 75, said she liked Moore's tone overall, but had not yet picked a favorite from the throng of Democrats seeking to lead the state. One subject was foremost on her mind, crime. Gesturing to a block of low-rise brick homes a short distance from Moore's bandstand, Armwood traced what she described as a perilous journey from her door to the nearest mass transit. I walk from over there to the bus stop and from the bus stop back over there and hope I get that far, she said. In Democratic strongholds like Maryland, a rise in violent crime has pushed the party's candidates to address the issue of public safety in newly urgent terms. Even before the recent mass shootings in Buffalo, New York and Uvalde, Texas, reignited the debate over gun control, day-to-day gun crimes and other acts of violence were rattling the American electorate. Notice the framing there that it's the gun crimes, not the criminals. Long seen as a political wedge for Republicans to use against Democrats, crime is increasingly a subject of concern within the Democratic Party and the big cities that make up much of its political base. And from Baltimore and Atlanta in the east to San Francisco and Seattle in the west, the candidates and elected officials pushing the party to address crime more aggressively are largely people of color. Candidates are motivated not mainly by fear of Republican attacks, but rather by mounting outcry from black, Hispanic, and Asian-American communities bearing the brunt of the national crime wave. Oh, it is becoming a problem. In San Francisco, Democrats appear like they're going to recall uh, Chelsea what, Bowden or whatever his name is, Chisa, whatever his name is. He, he's the, the George Soros-funded district attorney. In San Francisco, the crime wave there is so out of control, they're looking at recalling the DA. Literally, there there are organized smash and grabs in San Francisco. Have you all seen the video of these? People show up like they get together on a messaging app on social media, and they say, hey, we're going to smash the windows of the Gucci. And everybody shows up. Hundreds of people will show up, and, and they pilfer the place. They, they rob the place. Walgreens and CVSs are shutting down. Targets are shutting down. Other big box stores shutting down because of shoplifting is out of control. Now, the Philadelphia Inquirer has this. Philly gun arrests are on a record pace, but convictions drop under D.A. Krasner. That's the headline. As Philadelphia's gun violence has surged to unprecedented heights, two troubling trends have quietly kept building. Thousands more people are being arrested for carrying guns illegally. But their chances of being convicted in court have fallen by nearly a quarter. That conundrum now drives a debate between the Philadelphia Police Department and the District Attorney's Office over how to stem the flow of illegal guns on city streets and ultimately how to slow possible violence by those who wield them. In 2021, police are making arrests for carrying an illegal gun on a pace nearly three times that of 2017. If the current pace continues, police will make more than 3,000 arrests this year for illegal gun possession, by far the most on record. Meanwhile, 
People accused of illegally carrying guns have seen their chances of getting convicted plunge from 63% to 49%. Put plainly, people accused of carrying illegal guns have had better than a coin's flip chance of getting their case in court, of beating their case in court. The inquiry analysis looked at cases uh, where the most serious crime was a violation of the Uniform Firearms Act. Nonviolent offenses that can range from carrying an unlicensed weapon, a misdemeanor, to being barred from possession of a firearm due to a previous conviction. Police have long considered the violation of the Uniform Firearms Act arrests essential to reducing crime because they take weapons out of the hands of people who later might use them. Police Commissioner Danielle Outlaw. Oh, that's a heck of a name, isn't it? The police commissioner's last name is Outlaw. <laughs> Police Commissioner Danielle Jesse James Outlaw said Philadelphia's criminal justice system has become a revolving door for repeat gun offenders. Although she declined to single out District Attorney Larry Krasner, her top partner in law enforcement, Outlaw echoed a point that the Philadelphia Inquirer analysis revealed. The conviction rate for being caught with an illegal gun dropped after the DA was sworn in in 2018. Krasner attributes the drop in convictions in part to police submitting weaker evidence or cases being thrown out by judges because witnesses don't show up. Despite the drop in convictions, most people arrested solely for gun possession have not been rearrested for new gun crimes. Uh, Krasner, you should know, is considered very soft on crime. He defeated a recall effort but is not well liked uh, and is considered to be very weak on crime. Crime has gone up while he's there. He's another Soros-funded DA. Uh, the, the DA in Los Angeles looks like they may be recalled, as in San Francisco, both of them uh, Soros-funded DAs. George Soros decided to push progressives who were thought differently about crime, and in San Francisco in particular, they decided to stop prosecuting non-white people. Because of their hardship and systemic racism in society. Remember the subway shooter in New York? You notice, by the way, notice, notice, notice. How even the New York Times story mentioning gun violence mentioned Buffalo, New York and Uvalde, Texas. There was a shooting, a mass shooting in Oklahoma last week. There was a mass shooting in Oklahoma. A man went out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have our affiliate KRMG there. He went out and bought a gun and killed four people and himself a few hours after buying his gun. Notice that's not coming up in the conversations. They keep bringing up Buffalo and Uvalde. Not, not, uh, they don't bring up the Tulsa one. Well, I, I, I had to start wondering what, what was up with Tulsa. If they're, I mean, that's the impressive one. I mean, honestly, if, if you're focused on, you, you want gun control, you would think the fact that the guy bought the gun and shortly thereafter committed a, a shooting uh, for killing his surgeon, Dr. Preston Phillips, and three other people before fatally shooting himself. You you would think 
that they would focus on that. You would think they would highlight that. It was from Muskogee, 45 miles southeast of Tulsa. He had back surgery. He was in chronic pain thereafter. He bought an AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle at 2 p.m. Wednesday. Also had a 40 caliber pistol that he got from a pawn shop on Sunday. According to CNN, both firearms were found at the scene. Seems like that would be a compelling, compelling story. Um, except, you see, the only thing that I can figure out that uh, keeps this from being lumped in with all of the other stories about mass shootings is the race of the shooter. Don't like to be that way, by the way. I don't like to say that, but it's just shocking to me that uh, here is your textbook case of, uh, I mean, the left wants a waiting period, a 72-hour waiting period to get your gun after you've bought it. This is the perfect case to use that, and yet they're they're barely mentioning it. They, They moved on from it rapidly, and the only thing I can think of is that this was a black shooter. Very much like the subway case in New York. That guy, the subway shooter in New York, remember the subway shooter earlier this year? He went in, uh, killed a number of people in the subway. He was black. The media moved on from the story within 24 hours. They were gone. The story had nothing to do. And by the way, you want to know the punchline, well, for lack of a better word, I shouldn't say punchline given a shooting, but the kicker in that story is that the guy should have never been able to get his gun, but the weak-on-crime DA in New York refused to charge him in a previous case with a felony, and so when they ran the background check, he had not been convicted of a felony when he could have been, and so he was able to buy a gun and do a mass shooting. Had they not been soft-on-crime, that guy would have never been able to get a gun. The Democrats have a problem, and the left, the media, they can't understand why guns just aren't that big of a, an issue for people? They, they can't understand why the left can't advance the issue. Here's Chris Christie on this issue over the weekend with George Stephanopoulos. Tears, despite the fact there's broad public support for gun control, people don't really vote on it. No, they don't. And I, and I think, George, that politicians over the course of time in both parties have learned that fact. And so while you hear Democrats say a lot, uh, Chris Murphy was saying this week, and I think he's genuinely trying to get something done, um, in the end, they, everybody knows this is not a make-or-break issue. Um, when, and you look at the polling that you know, we'll be talking about in, in, in our show later today, um, you know, it comes, it pops a little bit after an event like this. But again, people are going to vote on inflation, people are going to vote on gas prices, they're going to vote on crime, broadly speaking, but not necessarily on this one issue. They're not. They don't. In fact, as much as people say they want gun control when you probe the individual options, none of them are very popular. Crime is going to have ramifications in November, but it's not to advance a gun control agenda. It's going to get Republicans elected. Rick Caruso is a billionaire mayoral candidate. Snoop Dogg is backing Rick Caruso. Jay Suras, Hollywood super agent, is backing Rick Caruso. Rick Caruso, until about six months ago, was a Republican. He switched to the Democratic Party and is running as a moderate and may win without a runoff. 
Peter Hamby used to be at CNN with me, now at Puck News. Los Angeles is one of the bluest metro areas in the country. But the mayor's race this year increasingly feels like Rick Caruso's to lose. The billionaire real estate developer is running what amounts to a law and order campaign in a city grappling with a rise in violent crime and an intractable homelessness problem far and away the top concerns for Angelinos of all races and income levels since joining the race in February. Caruso has spent more than $30 million of his own money on advertising promising to clean up L.A., a message that has vaulted him to the top of the field, even according to internal polls released by his rivals. Ahead of Tuesday's nonpartisan primary, Caruso's tanned and smiling face has been inescapable, showing up on screens from Brentwood to Boyle Heights. His campaign ads run between innings of Lakers and Dodgers games during local news commercial breaks before YouTube clips. The spots pledge in big, bold font that he will not defund the police. Instead, he will increase police funding and hire 1,500 more cops along with 500 new sanitation workers to clean up the piles of trash on the streets. For the homeless, Caruso is promising to build 30,000 shelter beds in his first year in office, an audacious pledge that annoys his critics who wonder how he plans to pay for it and magically fix a human rights disaster that's vexed Los Angeles leaders for years. He's infuriating the Democrats because they know he's a Republican, and what infuriates the Democrats more is that so many Democrats in Los Angeles are going to vote for him because of crime. This is going to be a brutal year for the Democrats. You know, one of the organizations that's out there helping make this a brutal year for the Democrats and to preserve your Second Amendment rights is Patriot Mobile. They are funding the conservative movement. They're funding the pro-life cause. They're funding the Second Amendment cause. They're funding the causes you care about. That's what they do with their profits. They're good people. They need you as their customer in order to get it done, though. And the way you go to Patriot Mobile is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. And you can move your business. You can port over your existing phone number or get a new phone number. You can get a new phone or take an unlocked phone to them. Doesn't matter. They want you as a customer, and they got great service. I was on a boat in the Atlantic Ocean, not far from the coast, mind you. But my regular phone no longer had service. My Patriot Mobile phone still had service. Yes, I've become the guy who has to carry two phones with me. But the Patriot Mobile one, it had good service. had good service all over Hilton Head. It's got it all over rural Georgia. It's got great service. And you can get it with free activation by using my name at patriotmobile.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Or you can call them. If you don't want to do it on the, over the Internet, call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. 972-PATRIOT is their phone number. Tell them I sent you. Get free activation. Get great discounts with them as well. And fund the conservative movement with helping them generate profits. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Hi there. I have a recommendation if you have Netflix. you got to have Netflix for this. It is... Hands down, one of my favorite television shows ever. My wife just rolls her eyes. Somebody Feed Phil. It is back, I think, for the fifth season. Uh, so Phil Rosenthal is the uh, one of the co-creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. And he has a wonderful sense of humor and just seems like a delightful person. Uh, his wife was, oh, the, the police officer brother's girlfriend, and everybody loves Raymond. Uh, Raymond's parents were modeled on Phil Rosenthal's parents. Uh, his his mom passed away a few years ago from ALS. His dad died uh, a couple of months ago. Um, and Max Rosenthal, uh, who 
survive the Holocaust. Uh, Phil Rosenthal, just it is a delightful show. I wish he'd come through Atlanta. I would like to cook for that guy. Uh, he eats. I mean, he ate crickets in this last episode. But it's 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 he goes. It's a remark. It's like my dream job outside of radio. He shows up in some random city in the world and eats his way through the city. All the little little hole in the wall restaurants and the fancy restaurants, and he makes friends with everybody. He's just a delightful person. This show brings me joy. It brings me actual joy to watch the show. He's just a happy person, and his happiness is infectious, and his love for food is too. And I just can't recommend it enough. Start at season one and make your way through. Uh, Phil Rosenthal. It just. It. I'm so delighted. Uh, Somebody feed Phil is back on Netflix. Uh, he used to have a PBS show. They've moved it to Netflix. It's a better show on Netflix. Um, bigger budget, uh, better visuals. That and Chef's Table, my two favorite things on Netflix. The other reason I keep my Netflix subscription. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.